It's a right time, right time for wrong guys. Right time, right time for wrong guys. Never the wrong time for wrong guys. It's a right time for the wrong guys. I hope you're recording because that <laughs> should absolutely be the theme song to this movie. <laughs> Music. Welcome to the New World Pictures podcast, where we are watching every single movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. I am the wrong person to be here. <laughs> and Erica. And I'm the right time, right time, wrong guy. And we have a special guest join us for this episode. You know him from the Amber Ruffin Show and as a co-host of the Brothers from Another Planet podcast. Tarek Davis is joining us, everybody. What is going on, Tarek? We are so glad to have you back. I am happy to be back. Thank you for having me. This is this is gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, listeners may remember that you were joined us a couple years ago for our yep. Android episode. And this is <laughs> right before uh the Amber Ruffin show was announced. So you weren't even yeah. able to talk about it at the time. No, I wasn't able to talk about it. Um, that was, it was, uh, still under wraps, as they say. Um, but I was able to talk about Space Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) And and it filled me with so much delight. I haven't laughed so hard in a long time. That movie is bonkers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we got to speak with a guy who worked on that as a special effects artist. So that was the first person that we've spoken to that's worked on Android. So hoping, fingers crossed, for more. So if you can find anyone from the cast, please, I gotta know. (laughs) Like I gotta know what that film was like. (laughs) What they like what how long were they together? How long were they on set? Right. 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 Who was the first one to be like so what are we doing? (laughs) And don't you feel like any answer they provide is correct? Yes. Like if they were like, we were on set for one day, I'm like, yep, that tracks. Yeah. And if they're like, yeah. we shot this for three years, they'll be like, correct. Yeah, that correct. <laughs> that tracks. No, uh, he, they really wanted us to feel like we were uh, isolated in space. So yeah. we were cut off from civilization for quite some time. Yeah. And how angry was Crofton for real? <laughs> <laughs> that dude was... That dude was so angry. (laughs) So (laughs) angry. (laughs) So angry. So angry. And did Crofton learn his lines? (laughs) Does it matter? Maybe that's what he was angry about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pieces of paper. (laughs) But we're not going to talk about Android today. In fact, we're going to be talking about another classic from the New World Pictures canon. We're talking 1988's. The wrong guys. Yes. They say you can't go home again. They say you can't turn back the clock. You wear a belt, you look really stacked. 
They say it couldn't be done. I guess I'll never see the old guys again. But they never met the wrong guys. We are the Owl Patrol, brave and true. From dawn till dusk, we'll This is the story of the ultimate reunion. Mount Whitehead? Site of Dan Seven's greatest adventure. As the unorganized and the unruly. Uh, I think you guys are supposed to put those fizzies in a glass of water. Take on the untamed. Get it off! Get it off! The uncomfortable. I'm in a death camp with Daniel Boone. The unbalanced. There's an escaped convict up here. We're the FBI. You'll never get off that mountain alive! And the unspeakable... I'm gonna ride you like a holly on bad piece of rope. In an unforgettable adventure. That's a waterfall! Oh my God! The wave that never ends. This is bitches! What's gonna happen to me next? Bigfoot, volcanoes... Scout praise Mohegans. You can take the kid out of the uniform. You guys are dressed like women. Of course, I had a feeling about that. Hey, wait a minute. You can even take him out of the neighborhood. You've got the wrong guys. What? What? Pardon? The wrong guys. But boys will be boys. Who are you guys, anyway? We're Cub Scouts. Even when they're the wrong guys. <laughs> Everybody's a comedian. Oh, that's right. 1988's The Wrong Guys, sponsored by Cheetos, Oreos, and Nude Beer, the only beer with a scratch-off coating on the bras of the models on the labels. Collect all 59 model labels, only distributed in 14 states. What? It is a real thing from the 1980s. That's right. You could scratch off the label and reveal the nude lady. It uh, was denied in New Jersey, uh, first off, is because it was like uh, your your home state, Tarek. Uh, yeah, that that's they... why I didn't know about this. <laughs> that's right. This uh, is probably they... a good thing. Even There's though they initially they initially brewed it in New Jersey. Of course. For a company in Pennsylvania. <laughs> then Golden Beverage Company was purchased by some entrepreneurs and reestablished in Irvine. And they tried to relaunch this in 2002. Oh! Guess what? They crushed it. Uh, <laughs> It didn't. It didn't fare so well. The 2002 audience was not quite as um, yeah. <laughs> uh, accepting. Yeah, they yeah. did. It didn't. It didn't hit. Didn't hit no, in that second. Did not time. hit. Didn't hit that second time. And you know what? That's for the best. <laughs> it's for the best. Uh, I really, I really wish I could be a fly on that boardroom meeting though, where they're like. Guys, we can bring it back. We can bring it back. It's time. It's time. Um, and, and finally, the lone woman in the office like, I think this is a really bad idea. <laughs> oh, Susan, knock it off. All right, I got, I got an idea. Equal opportunity beers, okay? Uh, scratch off and you get to see the guys. Like, Yes! We bring it back for Steven! We bring it there back! It's the beer of Steven! That's right. The beer of Steven. Yeah. Even Stevens. So we we'll call <laughs> So, you know, when you picked this movie, I was wondering why you picked it, but I'm going to go into something that made me kind of 
think maybe I have a handle, sort of, but I'm still going to ask you a question in a second, Tarek. But going through this, I realized, I think I have an idea why why Tarek may have chose this movie. And that's because this movie was directed by Danny Bilson. He's the son of Bruce Bilson. He's an Emmy Award-winning director of Get Smart, Bewitched, many mm-hmm. other TV shows from the 60s and 70s. He's also father of actress Rachel Bilson. From the OC. Yep. That's right. From the OC <laughs> and Heart of Dixie in the movie Jumper. Um, oh, yeah. Hardy Dixie. Yeah. She had, she also <laughs> attended Grossmont College in San Diego before <laughs> moving yes. on to these roles in TV. You know the terrain. Uh, so Danny Bilson. So did our niece. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> same, same. Same, same. Same thing. Her and Rach, BFFs. Rach. Dan, Danny, uh, Danny Bilson co-wrote this film with his partner, Paul DeMeo, uh, whom they, they met while they attended Cal State San Bernardino. And after graduating, they would start their writing careers with 1985's Trancers, which also yep. stars Tim Thomerson mm-hmm. and was directed by. Yeah, that's, that's right. And was direct, and she came back for the sequel. I will never, I will oh. never let anyone bring up Trancers without being like, and Alan <laughs> You shouldn't. You shouldn't. She's rocking the the best mom jeans on the yes. planet in those movies. In both. She's in the second one, too. She's so. in the second one, and the, the third one is kind of her swan song. Yeah, yeah. Where it's literally like, <laughs> wait a minute, we're not married anymore? She's like, no, <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> she literally is like, yes. I'm leaving this franchise. Yeah, I, gotta, I have to walk away. <laughs> That was also directed by Charles Band, Transfers for Empire Pictures, and that's where Bilson and DeMeo would work. They'd work a lot from Empire, uh, and they also worked with many of the people who worked on Transfers for 1985 Zone Troopers, which was Bilson's debut as a director. And then they would also write 1989's Arena and later The Rocketeer, and they were then developing TV shows at that point in time. In fact, they make The Rocketeer at the same time. They're working on the Flash TV show yep. in the early 90s. And eventually yep. they'll go on to a TV show called The Sentinel. Another show I used to watch. I'd say, I know it was a show that you love because I saw you post about it. So I was like, ah, this is all the pieces <laughs> are all starting to come <laughs> yeah. together. Yeah. Um, then they switched into video games in the 2000s where they worked on games like James Bond 007 Everything or Nothing, which is my favorite Brosnan Bond film. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> because it's not quite a film but as far as i was concerned i played through that whole thing and i was like this is the brosman film that i've wanted so i think this is my favorite yeah. everything <laughs> or nothing <laughs> yeah yep. they also wrote the original draft of spike lee's to five bloods which was released in 2020 yeah so which is two years after DeMeo's passing in 2018 in short, yeah. these two guys have the career of my dreams. Yes. <laughs> yes. They have mm. done everything I would aspire to do. They wrote Trances, which is a movie I love. They wrote The Rocketeer, which is a movie I love. They worked on video games. They've done TV shows. They've worked with superheroes. I was like, these guys are the best people. Uh, they're the best. Mm-hmm. Um, Including this movie. And this one as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, they, this one, of course, stars the late Louis Anderson, uh, Richard yep. Lewis, Franklin A.J., Tim Thomerson, and Richard Belzer, all stand-up comedians. And they all have the same manager as Bilson and DeMeo, I believe. Oh. So they actually oh. they, they were able to handpick the guys they wanted to work with. Huh. Tim Thomerson being, of course, the guy that they always want to work with. They always work with him. I mean, but but they, picked, they got to pick everybody and sort of write the movies for them, which is why all the, the main actors, their characters have the same first name. Yeah. Ah, that's why. Where you can watch this. We saw this on Tubi, which is where I hope, where hopefully it still will be when this episode airs. 
Um, you can also rent this, you know, on Amazon Prime and Vudu. And there is a DVD out there which has this and New World Pictures' Night School, which I believe is what Mark, is that what you watch, Mark? Yes, that is. That's what I watch. I did not watch Night School. Yeah, I no, watched this. No. The night School is fun. <laughs> night, <laughs> night School. <laughs> night School is interesting. Night it's School. Fun, fun is a word. Interesting is <laughs> a better word. Yeah, yeah. It's it's both of those things. Yeah. Uh, so that leads me with my question, Tarek. Why the wrong guys? Uh, I mean, a lot of what you covered is why, but I will add the wrong guys has just a sentimental place in my heart. This was a film I rented in 1988, and I remember renting it with my dad and. Uh, and it was like a comedy. I was like, what is this? Like, didn't hear about it in the theaters. And, you know, it starts in 1961. And my dad was like, oh, these guys are my age. And that's kind of how I grew up. And, like, seeing how much he enjoyed it. And it's just such this goofy romp mm-hmm. of all these guys. It's a grown-up adult Goonies. It's like grown men who are like, we want to be the Goonies. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, oh, I'm down with that. And, yeah, um, this is a movie where, like, I think my second watch through, I was like, no, these guys are in their 40s. Yeah, like, these yeah. guys are grown men. They don't act like it, but these are, like, grown dudes. Grown men. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Who yeah, yeah. are very acting as childish as they yes. can. But, like, yes. these are grown individuals. Right. G- grown men, and it's a cast of... Like, first off, let me just say, anything Tim Thomas is in, I'm sitting down. Yeah, uh, I know, I know. Uh, I love Bruce Campbell. You know, Bruce, people call Bruce Campbell the king, and I think he's earned that crown. But there's another kingdom, and that kingdom is run by Tim Thomerson. Uh, Tim Thomerson. <laughs> San, what, San Diego's own from, from, yeah. from Coronado. Tim yeah. Uh, his stand-up is wild. If you've ever seen oh, him do a yeah, set. yes, I have. It's it's re- he comes from a very interesting sort of. I don't want to say Robin Williams esque, but like he has that kind of thing where he's not so much doing setups and jokes. It's like characters and like yeah. bits and stories, and it just it's it's wild to see. It's really entertaining, but it's yeah. like an actor who's like just very funny. And just decided yeah. to put together a stand-up act. It's not your traditional stand-up in any way. It isn't. And I remember seeing him. Like, so this is also the period of time. So, like, 88. Like, we had cable. And we had gotten it around that time. So, if there weren't movies playing, there were random stand-up shows. Where it's just like, <laughs> Night at the Improv. Hosted by Rosie O'Donnell. And, like, Comic View. And a bunch of these, just like, they would set up a camera at. Uh, random, or n- not a random, but a known comic theater. Like Carolines, and, would, and they just... Carolines, have, yeah. yeah. And you would just see all these comics come through, and you would see Louis Anderson, you see Richard Belzer, and Richard Lewis, and so I knew who all these guys were mm-hmm. um, at nine years old in 1988. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, they're all in the movie together? Oh, this movie's hilarious. Plus, I get Ernie Hudson and John Goodman and Art mm-hmm. LaFleur. And, like, mm-hmm. it's there's not anybody. Like, Brian James is in this movie. Like, <laughs> the cast is enormous for this movie. Right. 
and as we'll get into, there is no lack of characters in this film. True. It is <laughs> shock no full. Just when you think like we've settled, we're yeah. good. We've we've got some characters. Like you got some uh, characters. oh, so, so sorry, we're not done. There's more characters. Done. We have more people to introduce right. you to. Even at the end of the movie, we're going to introduce <laughs> yeah. more characters. We've got more yeah. people you've never seen. Yeah. Never seen. We got moms. We got moms. We got. Moms. And they Hang all have there. very distinct personalities yeah. that yeah. we're going to introduce at a, an hour twenty minutes into the movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> now you get moms. a moment with every mom, and you're going to yeah. see something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we cut this bit? No. <laughs> <laughs> that, Absolutely not. That mo- all the moms? No. <laughs> Everybody wants to see their moms. Yeah. Well, come on. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh like you heard that trailer. Like mm. the same philosophy behind this film was in that trailer of like, do we cut any of this? No. <laughs> no, oh, keep it all keep it all in. Keep yeah. it all in. All of it. All of it. <laughs> um but despite that, it's still just like a fun, stupid movie that uh yeah it just has a warm place in my heart and it's just like they were just trying to make a a fun film and i think they succeeded because i have fun with them throughout the whole entire film yeah i i agree with uh like i also i didn't have cable by 88 we didn't have cable till till more like the very late 80s maybe the early 90s and at that point but at that point I mean, I saw all five of these guys. I knew who Franklin AJ was. I saw him do stand-up. I knew all those guys. Short Tension Span Theater, all the stuff from the early Comedy Central or Comedy Channel as it first started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they had all those stand-up shows. So I knew like Mark Marin. I knew all, mm-hmm. I mean, all those. You saw all those dudes at that point. Rita Redner, who is in this movie for two seconds. Right. She, yes. she, she has, uh, as uh, Richard Lewis's assistant, she was all. I saw her do stand-up a thousand times. So mm-hmm. like through all these shows. Like Rita Rutner, like I, I knew that was like a household name. Yeah. Oh, she was yeah. absolutely totally. watching Comedy Channel. If you were switching and she was on, you're like, oh, I'll just stop. I'll just, I'll, I can watch this. I can spend yeah. 15 minutes with Rita. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Um, there was something really beautiful about that time of just yeah. like knowing these personalities. So when you saw them do something, they weren't. I don't know. It was like a nice, like uh, for me anyway, as a kid, I was just like, oh yeah, I know. I know these people. I like these people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Like, Richard Belzer's stand-up was so bizarre. So, But yeah. I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, A&E was another channel. Mm-hmm. You know, and they would play stand-up. And TV, like, you know, cable was still in its, you know, infancy at that point. And so, to fill up time, yeah, you would just get all of these. Like, I remember seeing Tim Allen, and like, before home improvement and everything and like you would see him with all these guys and so yeah um the wrong guys is just like it's also i think in that vein of film they don't make any more of like police academy or yeah Yeah. it's zany right yeah right they don't make zany films anymore Mm -hmm. the wrong ones is a very zany film which i appreciate so you you didn't get you didn't get into the grown-ups franchise i mean i guess (laughs) That's like I think that's the closest. I was trying to think of like a, a oh, like a yeah, modern day true. equivalent. That seems to be I, as close I, as we get. I yeah. actually thought not the zaniness, but I was as I was watching it today. I thought, okay, if you replace Cub Scouts with Goth, if you replace <laughs> if you replace John Goodman with Aliens, if you re- replace White Whitehead Mountain with a bar. 
you basically have the world's yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> kind okay. of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I think that's why I like Simon Pegg films. Like they are they are, I think, hark back to that. Yeah. I mean, they made uh hot fuzz, you know. I, I know they talk about bad boys a lot, but there's a lot of police academy in hot fuzz. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Hot fuzz, yeah. So. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's a great that's a great observation. I think they were the last forebearers of that kind of or mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, I don't know what you would call them, but they are, they were kind of the last to kind of give homage to that kind of comedy. And now, you know, comedy is not even so much a thing you see in films anymore. Right. At least in theatrical releases. Yeah. It's like all TV now. So to to, to yeah. be to have a, any movie where you're like, we, we've just teamed up five stand-up comedians to be in a wacky scenario together is like that. If you did that now, it would be like, that's the most refreshing thing I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever <laughs> right. seen that concept before. Right. It's like, you know, exactly. you just don't, you just don't see it. You don't see it. No, it's, um, you know, you'll get Kevin Hart and he's paired with The Rock and like, right. okay. Um, but like, yeah, to see... There's something refreshing, like you said, about that concept, but also in this film, I feel like there's never a moment where I feel like Louis Anderson is competing with Richard Belzer, is competing with right. That's true. Richard J. Like they're all like they do all act like they grew up together. Yeah. And yeah. are having a good time being around each other again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I wonder if you could do something like that today. Yeah, that's a good question. Speaking of questions, let's talk about what this movie is about. Let's go around. We yeah. we maybe spilled a little bit about what it's about, but let's go around. We'd like to see what is this movie about? Mark, let's what start with you. About? What is this movie about? I believe that this movie is about choices. <laughs> there are choices that you make with your friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then there are also the choices that you kind of make alone, behind closed doors, that <laughs> nobody sees. Interesting. And those okay. choices can greatly influence how old you look when you go back to a reunion. (laughs) If you choose the right choices, you can look very young. And if you make the wrong choices, you can look like someone maybe 10 to 15 years older than your counterparts, (laughs) even though you're all supposed to have been the same age in 1961. (laughs) So choose wisely. Yes. I feel like that is some shade on Tim Thomerson, but um, you know, when your hair goes gray early, guys. Man, you're living that you beach know, life. Uh, yeah. You gotta wear you gotta wear suntan lotion. Yeah. Um, I think he looks great. That's just me. Uh Tarek, what is this movie about? This movie is about fizzies. <laughs> now fizzies. For the uninitiated, it was a candy in the 60s that was basically sweet Alka-Seltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, a delicious Alka-Seltzer. And, you know, there's a message in life about that. Like, you know, you either decide, am I going to put this fizzy in a glass? And am I going to drink it like a soda? Right. Or am I just going to have it straight and put it in my mouth <laughs> and look like, I'm foaming and having a seizure. <laughs> but that's life. Life that's... is fleeting. And sometimes, it, as much as you enjoy something, it can look horrendous. <laughs> and, um, there's no right or wrong. It's just, just how you approach life. It's how you yeah. approach it. It's all yeah. how you approach it. That's great. Good point. Uh, Erica, what is this movie about? 
Um, it's about a lot of things. I don't disagree with anything that's been said so far, but I think my main takeaway was like, when in doubt, put on a belt. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know? When yeah. in doubt, feeling frumpy, put on a belt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Feeling chubby, put on a belt. Want to jazz it up, put on a belt. Want to dress it down, put on a belt. Right. So, it is yeah. a great, ex- mm-hmm. it's a reminder that that accessory really it's a powerful could accessory. alter almost any outfit. It Correct. really is. Yeah. Even if you're just if you're just wearing a house moo moo, you know that's there what is I mean. A, yeah. Want to dress it up? Belt. Yeah. For when me, I worked when I worked in an office. Just quickly before you jump into yours, Ryan, mm-hmm. and you, I would run across a colleague who had a tucked in shirt into pants but wasn't wearing a belt. I would take mental note, right? Like, that would be a lot better if you had a belt on. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you forget mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Were you yeah. halfway mm-hmm. to the office and you're like, "Oh shit, I forgot my belt," but it's too late to go back now. Or but was I've that a conscious tucked. decision? I've already tucked. So if I pull <laughs> yeah, it out, now the bottom be like, of the shirt is going to have that pants? tuck. It's going to have that right. tuck. Yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, yeah. that's that's a lot to get through before you get to work. Yeah. Tucked in with a belt can make you nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it makes yeah. me nervous. But right. But someone tucked in no belt, like, what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tucked in no belt. That's just throwing the fizzy right in your mouth. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fizzy no water. Yeah. That's busy, no water. And I think back what I said, there is a right and a wrong. Yeah. You, you put that busy in a glass. You put a belt on. <laughs> I'm also now picturing Mark wearing the belt like over the shirt, though. Not right. through his pants. Not but, through like, the loops. But on his, just, on his like waist. Just, yeah. just above under his ribs. the pants. Like above the pants. Chunky belt. <laughs> what a bold choice. Looking like a Renfair prince. Judging everybody else who's beltless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No belt, huh? Meanwhile, his belt is halfway up his chest. <laughs> he's greeting everyone. He's like, yeah. he, she, he sheathes his sword. Yeah. He got in a costume shop. Yeah. Good morrow, Jenkins. Good morrow. All, right. Uh, All right, Johnson. I see we thou see. hast denieth a belt. <laughs> it's such a power move. Oh, God. Oh. Well, for me, this movie was about, you know, it's hard to find better friends than the ones you make when you're young. Mm. But you should try <laughs> to make them. Yes. You know? It's not yes. good to uh-huh. stop making yeah. friends yeah. No, that's when a good you're call. young and go, that's a good call. I found yeah. great ones. I guess I'll stop. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the letterbox synopsis. Uh, this is what letterbox. Are you in letterbox, Tarek? I don't believe I am. Yeah, well, we, we're on there. Uh, get on there. You know, okay, start start, start ranking movies here. Um, this one's like not too wild. Sometimes the letterbox synopsis are pretty unusual, but not this one. Five former Cub Scouts have a reunion and go camping on the mountain they never conquered. This is important to read as, as they have listed it. Hi, Jinx, and Sue due to their... Not hi, Jinx. That was, <laughs> that's one word. Hi, Jinx, and Sue... <laughs> I see. Uh-huh. And Sue. Okay. Hi. Yeah. Like, there's the jinx are just up high? I don't know. Uh-huh. But they yeah. had a little weed? I don't know what they mean. But hi and jinx, two words, okay. ensue due to their childhood enemies and a group of escaped convicts who mistake them for an FBI unit. Fairly accurate, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, so this movie starts in a flashback where the younger Cub Scout selves of the actors... 
that's where we meet them back in 1961, as Tarek was mentioning. Um, so this gives us an opportunity to talk about our five main characters as we start yeah. to see them, including young Louie. He is the first character that we see. And I've heard Bilson talk on a podcast about how important Louie's stand-up was in terms mm. of like where they positioned him. Because his stand-up was a lot about family and a lot about his yeah. relationship with his mother. So that was an influence on them in terms of how they wrote Louie in this. Yeah. Um, Anderson, and I was thinking at the time before I heard this, I was thinking Anderson, I, I thought, probably had to be one of the more popular uh, of the stand-ups that they hired for this particular one because he's the lead character, right? So, yeah. But he was still not a proven commodity on screen. In fact, he's coming off of bit parts in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Quicksilver. Plus, he was cast in the TV show Perfect Strangers in the lead role but really? was was replaced after shooting the pilot by Mark Lynn Baker. So he shot huh. the pilot with Bronson Pinchot, and then they made the decision that he wasn't right for the role, and they recast. Oh, wow. wow. So that's 1986. So he's close. He's getting there, mm-hmm. but it hasn't yeah. quite hit for him in terms of, like, the big screen. So, But Ooh. also in 1988, he would also appear in Coming to America. So that, which I think gave his career a certain boost outside of his own yeah. stand-up. Mm-hmm. Well, he's hilarious in coming to America. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I I knew I I knew who Louis Louis Anderson was before coming to America, but yeah, uh, I feel like when I watched Wrong Guys, it was like, oh, all right, he's he's the captain of the ship. Let's see yeah. how this goes. Yeah, and um, yeah, they stick him in that Boy Scouts outfit. Through the whole film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bold choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bold. It's a bold choice. I so I was thinking Louis's gotta be super popular, right? But mm-hmm. he he can't be the only one. In fact, maybe just as popular, if if not more so, they must have seen Richard Lewis because right. we immediately launch into a scene of a young Richard Lewis neurotically talking to himself, contemplating taking a dollar off the sidewalk, which made me think that Bilson and DeMeo, they must have thought this guy was... People will be very familiar with Richard Lewis and his stand-up because his dialogue in this film is more so specifically targeted to his stand-up routine. Mm -hmm. Like, they were like, we've got to do what he does. we got to bring that to this this movie. Mm -hmm. I... So I haven't seen the movie in a while. I think I saw it like maybe four or five years ago was the last time I think I saw this film. Mm. But I remember the thing that stood out to me were all the child actors playing the stand-ups mm-hmm. and how good they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And part of me is like, if they had the budget, there's just a film with the kids. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sure. Because this is before Sandlot. I'm like, these kids are incredible. Yeah, and who like the Louis and I mean the like you said the Richard Lewis, like really got the the neurosis of his uh, and his speech pattern. And it was just like this is I would watch this 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 Cub Scout crew just try to figure out life in yeah. the sixties. Like I don't know, what if I spent it and the guy who lost it knows the serial number? What if he comes to my house and wants his buck back? I don't have the buck. I spent it. Then what? Leave it. Wait a minute, what am I saying? It's a buck. I take it home, bury it for three years, mixes my bar mitzvah money, and nobody knows the difference. And, and speaking of Richard Lewis, he hadn't really hit it in, on the big screen either. In fact, in a couple years, in 1989, that's when he does a TV series. Well, he did a TV series called Harry, 
starring Alan Alda, which led up to this. But then in 1989, he does a TV show with Jamie Lee Curtis called Anything mm-hmm. But Love. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that really launched him, even though it only lasted for, I think, like two and a half seasons. But Yeah, it wasn't that long. But something that I'm remembering is like, again, this is before the age of social media. And I think I remember listening, watching, watch some interview with Danny DeVito. And, you know, people were asking about his time on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And like, was it feel like dealing with the fans? And he, he, was, he stopped the journalist at some point. He's like, you got to remember, I was on Taxi. And half the world was watching Taxi yeah. because that was all that the world had at the time. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bring that up to say, like, even if Richard Lewis or Louis Anderson weren't popping at that point, so many people knew who they were. Right. Yeah. Right. Because so many people were pulled into these. There wasn't all this. There weren't all these different channels and streaming services. And right different places that audiences could go for their own unique particular needs. Like Mm -hmm. it was a handful of things. And so even if you had like five seconds on a handful of a thing, that was five seconds where everyone saw you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even, even Mm -hmm. though you were just, we were just talking earlier about cable when cable's starting to go up, we're still all watching the same stuff because it hasn't gotten so outrageous (laughs) with content. And right. all these other stuff that we're still like, even though we have cable, we're still kind of all seeing the same stuff, even right, though it's, we're beyond we the first channels. Got, when we first got cable, we went from having four channels to having like 30. Right. And we thought, mm-hmm. holy shit, our world has exploded. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like you would never today accept like unless you're unless you're in like a really bad hotel, you're never going to accept just 30 channels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and out of those 30 back then, it was maybe 15 you frequented right mm-hmm. and right. out of those 15 there were like what seven that were like all right i'm gonna see what's on hbo mm-hmm. if right you had disney then as a kid mm-hmm. uh and then like every other then they were like the weird usa tbs mm-hmm. tnt mm-hmm. like that would either some sports event was going to be on one of them or something but like they were iffy <laughs> right Right, you're still going to Fox, ABC, <laughs> and NBC, and you're still gonna, you're also gonna settle on something. Like it's not yes. like today you could turn <laughs> right. on everything and you go to every streaming service and you're like, you know what, forget it. I'm gonna read. I don't, I can't find anything. And back then you were like, I don't know, this will do. I get. I don't really want to watch <laughs> this, but it's on, so I'll watch it because that's right. what you did. You just watched whatever was there. Lovejoy. What is Lovejoy? <laughs> well, it's like I'm gonna watch this Lovejoy. <laughs> it's it's hard to even imagine today. Like when you bring yeah. up USA and TNT, like they were on the same level as like the WB, where you were like, I don't know what's happening on this channel. I might stop for a second to see what they're doing, but they're just right. trying to grab eyeballs at that point. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no, they have no established shows. They're just like running whatever cheap shit they could buy and just trying to get you to watch for a few yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's how I found so many of the movies that I cherish today. <laughs> weird ass. Yeah. Like, I come in peace. <laughs> oh my God. I love that movie. But you'll go in pieces. <laughs> Yeah, I'll watch this. Um, my kids sometimes are like, my son just went like, hey, uh, what about that game last night? And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I kind of missed that one. He's like, oh, can we watch it now? It's like his expectation is like, oh, we should just watch that, right? Because yeah. it's just all on. Anything yeah. is on. Anything you right. want to watch is on. 
you know? Yeah. That's why you would just settle back then. Cause you were like, I got, I don't know. I'll watch this. Cause I gotta, I gotta watch something and this is happening now and I can't change that. So I'll just watch this now. And yeah. Yeah. my takeaway from that was that you have a son, but I don't. He's just your son. <laughs> so I'm curious, did you have him with someone else? No, or... no, no. No, I no, I did not. Have no, I been I raising? I, I, I guess I've just been raising. I don't also think that that's. Son. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think when we listen back over this episode, you're going to hear me say, you know, just the other day, our son <laughs> uh, talked to me about, you know, so you'll just hear that. You'll hear that. I think I don't. Got think, it. Where you got just, it. wrong guy, marry the wrong guy, wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the, the rest of the cast, we get a young Tim Thomerson. He's riding the skateboard. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. uh, it's the late Jonathan Brandis there uh, is playing the young Tim Thomerson. Love Jonathan oh, Brandis. Man. And we all remember Brandis from playing a young Sledgehammer from the mm-hmm. New World Television <laughs> TV series Sledgehammer. Uh, yep. <laughs> he played a young Sledgehammer. You know what's interesting, though, about them seeing young Tim that I thought was weird is that he is shown handling the Grunsky brothers and like pushes them while they're riding bikes into the dirt. And it yeah. felt like Jonathan, especially Jonathan Brandis, it feels like, oh, yeah, this one's the cool kid of the group. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's going to deal with the bullies. But that's right. not what happens later. No. That's not who he becomes later no. in the film. No. <laughs> and you would think they would like comment on that. Like, go get him, dude. And like, man, I got a bad back. <laughs> i've messed right. my knees up say, yeah. skateboarding and surfing like i ain't trying to fight like <laughs> right right just one line just one line establishing the you know acknowledging the history you've established in your own story but you know too too much, too much jumping off athlete. of us but devil's advocate he got to like he got to like avoid a lot of things because he would say like oh my girlfriend she can like read my mind and uh, she can like read my mm-hmm. vibe and my energy she'll know if I'm like out of line here. So maybe it was that. Is, I'm just saying. I mean, again, that's a good point. That's a good point. That could have just been brought up. Because I'm just like. True. You True. know, as much as I enjoy this film, I'm like, it's just two bullies. Yeah. Y'all. Yeah. There's five of you. And you're yeah. all grown men. You're a five fully realized group of grown ass men. Like, yeah. And their diet is essentially Cheetos, Oreos, and nude beer. So yeah. you yeah. can take them. None of you at this point are still growing. <laughs> I, I have to say too, at the beginning, when that right before they push them into the dirt, they have sort of an establishing shot of the cul-de-sac. And I was surprised to see like in 1961, those post-World War II houses that they built in LA were already looking kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or New World didn't have enough money to actually dress those houses. So they were like, it's good enough. Yeah. We have old yeah. cars parked on the street. Yeah. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. Old cars, like, you know, we get some music, nostalgic music playing and hairstyles. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We're good. That's the coolest shot, though. I love that shot when they, like, just sort of fade in from the old neighborhood into what the neighborhood has become. That's but notice yeah. the plants the- didn't change in size. They have stayed exactly the same size <laughs> over all that time. Trees typically grow bigger. In that time, right? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, to a degree, to a degree. <laughs> I mean, also, <laughs> Mark, those they, trees had a girlfriend who could read their mind, and correct. she was yeah, always like, and admittedly, to the listeners, too far. 
to the listeners, I just want to establish, I'm not a botanist. I'm just saying I've watched trees. You've never claimed to be a botanist. This has never been a thing that you've done. So everyone stop writing that email. <laughs> stop writing that angry email. And right, you know I'll what? Stop. Maybe the neighborhood went to shit, Mark, but they didn't stop pruning the trees. I mean, they weren't. Little known fact, the the one thing that they did cut was the moms trimming the trees <laughs> of the neighborhood. Extensive scene. It took a week to shoot. Should we keep those scenes with the mom clipping the trees? No. 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 That's going. That's the one scene we can let go. Yeah. 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 The New World executives had to yeah. sneak into the edit room to get that rid of because because Danny Bilson was like, "No way, we're keeping that in. She's trimming the trees. How do you think we're? How else explain? are we going to get the shot? How are we going to explain this? Yep. They okay. tell you in screenwriting class that you got to kill your babies. <laughs> That's right. You know what? It was it was written. It's written in the script. This mm-hmm. whole sequence. By the way, uh, Thomerson, this is the only movie that he does for New World Pictures. Obviously, as we mentioned, he did so many movies for Empire and Full Moon. Yeah, but he did do an episode of Tour of Duty from New World Television, and he mm-hmm. and he also he does uh, the same year he appears in The Incredible Hulk Returns, which is a TV movie from New World Television. Uh, but that's about it. Um, yeah. And then he would continue and do more transfer sequels, Dollman, other movies with uh, Albert Pion. Uh, we also get to see Franklin dishing out yep. advice to Louis's mom. That's him. It's how he becomes a, a talk show. Yeah, sort of a a D, radio DJ that's also kind of a therapist, just dishing advice. I guess he's like a a, a talk show DJ that just gives out life advice to people. Yeah, it was like you know, still at the time when you know, this was before I think syndicated television like became big, and so before like your Jerry Springers and your more Povich's shows, like yeah, yeah, people would listen to the radio and like it just be a, a person, just be a personality, just being like, hey. Call or tell me what your issue is, and uh, I'll give you some advice. And yeah, uh, I love the Franklin character. Very smooth and such a funny idea for a kid. The first watch through, I was like, did they even use his, you know, what he does for a living later? And then I, when I watched it the second time, I was like, oh, yeah, of course they do. Because when he ends up trying to moderate the whole mm-hmm. issue between them and the bullies. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's actually really smartly done actually yeah. yeah and he's like sitting at the kitchen table talking to louie's mom and like right. hearing her yeah. problems and yeah they do and um by the way aj is no stranger to new world as he appeared in fraternity vacation Woo! as the mm-hmm. owner of the photo lab if you remember the mm-hmm. that sequence yep yep and uh, of course he would go on to appear later in deadwood and bridesmaids and so yeah. he's still his career is still going strong as the young Richard Belzer, we got Josh Saviano. Saviano played Fred Savage's friend, Paul Pfeiffer, in The Wonder yeah. Years from New yep. World Television. So talk about a kid who had really had a career going. Mm-hmm. And great casting. Great casting, young mm-hmm. versus yeah. old. Yeah. Just perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, kiss. Belzer, at this point, he's been in various TV shows like Miami Vice and Moonlighting. And he would go on to work with Bilson and DeMeo in the Flash TV show. After this, and various film appearances before settling in with the character of Detective John Munch, which he played on Homicide Life on the Street in the 90s, and then would also play that same character in a variety of TV shows, as well as Law & Order Special Victims Unit. So this character is actually, he's played this character on like five different TV shows. Munch is an interesting, because like he's been mentioned in other shows too. Right. Like Munch, I think uh, the Idris Elba show Luther, 
like Luther mentions a detective Munch wow. in like either in New York or in Baltimore. And it's like, oh, you're talking about yeah. And it's just like he's this weird character that like <laughs> blends different genres and multiverses of, right. of fiction. It's pretty cool. There is a huge munch verse that's like uh, that's just broad. That's like has all this different stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, but the only the only thing in the Venn diagram that stays the same is Richard Belzer. And I feel like Richard Belzer's <laughs> yeah. his comedic voice. I know that they work really hard to do this for Richard Lewis, but I felt like. Tell me what you guys think. I felt like Belzer, I felt like he's the one that felt the most like his stand-up persona to me. Yes. And that's a very specific. Yes. Richard Belzer is a very specific voice. And I don't know if mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. the way they wrote it and they just nailed it for him or if it was just simply like, I will adapt what you have to my comedic voice. I'm not sure what combo it is, but it felt... Like from the get-go, he was very much like his stand-up persona. And there was like no avoiding it. Like Louis is sort of doing it, but he's playing his own character. Even Franklin's, you know, AJ is playing a character. But Belzer's like, I am, this is what I do. And I felt like his was the most distinct. That said, surprised that he ended up being a belt maker. That was an odd. <laughs> well, he's a designer. He's well, a he talked, yeah, he's a designer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. designer. But, but, belts were just his season. But specifically belts. Yeah. Well, he's a designer, but like, he's yeah. into belts as a kid. 30 years later, he's still accessorizing other people's fashion shows with his belts. We could, it's... We could call it a fetish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's That's thing. what it is. It's a it's thing. A thing. <laughs> Now, this said, Erica said this to me when we watched it. She was like, don't you think that that flashback should have gone longer? Yeah. And you've sort of talked about this already, Tarek. But I feel like I wanted, I, more. I wanted more out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, and I know we flash back again to it later briefly. But I also felt like, what about the time where the kids fail on Mount Whitehead? Couldn't right. we have yes. seen that? Wouldn't that right. have been great to yeah. have that scene? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they also establish later on in the movie that finally... Louis Anderson's character, Louis, he's getting everyone together and they're actually starting to like do the stuff that was in the Cub Scouts book. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see like, oh, they're getting the knots right and they're doing the things right. I just felt like they could have established in the beginning a little more of like, these are the things that you, how you do it in the book and how the kids really struggled with it. It would have like mm-hmm. made right. that even more impactful that like, wow, they're getting over these things that really frustrated them as kids. And now they're really coming together and like figuring yep. it out as adults. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It could have been like a very kind of sweet moment, which they tried to do. And it is kind of sweet, but it could have been a little better. This film could have used another draft. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. And not draft. focus so much on cutting the trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those trees had to be cut, Mark. How are you going to explain it? How are you going to explain it? <laughs> You get to see how each mother cut the trees and they, with their own unique personality. And you need it. You need it in the film. You need it. You got to have it. <laughs> film doesn't work without it. Yeah. Who left that French horn in the middle of the street? <laughs> but yeah, it was more that I just wanted more. And I think it's it's that it because it was so enjoyable. And those kids are so well cast and so good. I could have yeah. absolutely watched yeah. another 20, 30 minutes of that. And had it be almost like yeah. half and half where when they started to fade away, <laughs> I thought, oh my God, I <laughs> I didn't realize 
Like they're dead. It, I didn't realize it was a, a dream at first. Remember, uh-huh. I was like, oh no. Right. When, when yeah, watching it, I started to get away. really upset because right, I was like, right. oh my God, they all died. And then Ryan's like, yeah. no, he's he's having a, a dream. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but yeah. then I was like, oh, I wish you would have had another dream or just longer. I don't know. I just wanted more. And I, I do more. think that that sells like the sort of note of like nostalgia and sweetness. But like we, we like you said, they, the kids are doing such a great job of playing them so mm-hmm. well cast. Right. To yeah. to seem like them, like let's give them a little bit more yeah. to let's do more of this, and it seemed like the kids are cute, but let's let's get to the main guys. Yeah. And um, I just yeah. feel like it would have helped enrich the contemporary story yeah. if we had a little bit more with the other story. But it would have, and I think it would have, yeah, it definitely would have given the old the the main guys, the the wrong guys, would have given them more meat. You mm-hmm. know, the thing that carries this film is the fun everyone's having. Clearly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it could have done with more meat on the bone. Yeah, story-wise. Yeah. yeah. The um, but what we do get is we get all of our main characters, and then we're like, okay, now we're gonna see how they are in the present. Wait, no, there's more characters we have to meet. <laughs> this film has so many characters. Look on the oh. TV. There's John Goodman. We so have many more characters. people. You have to meet more people. If you turn your head for a second, you have missed five characters in this film. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. And we are only five minutes into the movie. Yeah, we've barely gotten right. in. So yeah. many people. It could have just been a group of just criminals who were just doing criminal stuff. Yep. But we get these three criminals. John Goodman's the leader. And he's got a whole backstory. They got, there are backstories? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And backstories to backstories. They were like, <laughs> we were all in prison. And Ernie Hudson and John Goodman are like bickering parents to this third wheel criminal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, you guys stop fighting. <laughs> like, he's, he's the glue. Are you kidding? He's, he's the, the glue. glue. He's, he's the glue. glue. The glue. Mm-hmm. And they got to meet Art LaFleur at his his pancake cabin. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's a backstory there, and it's just like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. There's so much. It's like, what? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a Marvel movie. It's just like. Yeah. Spoiler alert. That is my favorite scene. Oh, yeah. That pancake. Oh, pancake house. Oh, oh. Pancake oh, yeah, mine too. Of course. Oh. Yeah. I want those pancakes. Yeah, oh, my, of course. Of course. Everything in that place looks delicious. Yeah. Incredibly <laughs> delicious. Yeah. It's... Oh, it looked amazing. And based on all the different, like, oh just my God. the United States, the States of hotcakes. I'm like, yes. uh, yeah. Where is it? And now can I go? Yeah. How can I go? And how did John Goodman's character, not, for someone who doesn't like pancakes, how did he walk in there? Confused. Yep. Okay. First off, <laughs> ain't no way. It's the hardest thing in the world to get me to believe that John Goodman don't like pancakes. <laughs> Especially in 1988. Especially then. He was eating pancakes. Maybe. <laughs> he was eating pancakes. Maybe, maybe now John Goodman doesn't have the yeah. pancakes. You know? Now but, I can totally understand. Yeah. But, but then, then. Yeah. That yeah. dude was. He was pancaking it up. <laughs> um by the way the other people in this uh the guy playing the glue is timothy teacher teacher van patten <laughs> from class of 1984 oh, um yeah. Yeah, who becomes nice. a big uh tv director so much so he starts with the sopranos and everything he starts going through like doing the wire and lots of hbo shows and other stuff so much so that his his wikipedia page is like me as a director 
you have to go to his IMDb to like see his actor stuff. That's not even on. Yeah. Like he's wow. like, I, I do not. I wasn't an actor at some point in time. And I say, no, sir, you were in the wrong guy. <laughs> I love, I love uh, actors like that. Like Peter Berg. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. Just like they make, they were like, no, you were that guy in the eighties. And they're like, no, I'm a serious director. I'm like, nah, you were in that movie with Mitch Pileggi where he was an electrocuting everybody. <laughs> uh, shocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shocker, my guy. Uh, also, John Goodman, of course, um, we all know he just appeared in Raising Arizona, but we on this podcast remember him as Cop in Diner from Chud. Chud, yeah. <laughs> That's what we know. We always, we talk always about in our that hearts. scene. <laughs> yes, 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 we can. That make it. It's him and uh, Thomas, um, the late. Uh, I'm forgetting the actor's name. Yeah, me. I, now I'm yeah forgetting it as uh, well. But they're just cops who want a burger. Yep. Right. Yeah, right. Murdered in the diner. And it's like at the end of the film. Yeah. It's like again, talk about a movie where like a characters just pop up and all of a sudden you're like getting to know these new people. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, wait, why are we learning about these people just for the chuds to just attack them and kill them? I They I, don't even discharge their weapons. No. They're just like, we're done. Yeah. We're done. As soon as they get through the window, it's like it's over. Yeah. It's oh my god, I love that scene. I love that movie. Yeah. It's so great. So wow. so great. Yeah, um, young hungry actors, man. Speaking of an actor, I got to talk a little bit about this because I just didn't realize this i think but ernie hudson is a few years removed from ghostbusters mm-hmm. yes and in between the two ghostbusters film this is his career he's on a short stint on saint elsewhere mm-hmm. he does a couple tv movies a voice yep. role as cyborg on the superpowers team galactic guardians cartoon yep. a short-lived stephen j Cannell comedy series about cops called the last precinct with wings yep. hauser which is about eight episodes. <laughs> oh shit! I gotta find that. <laughs> yeah, he so does some TV appearances, different different shows. The nineteen eighty seven Nick Nolte drama Weeds, a couple episodes of Pound Puppies where he does a voice. Aww. The Dirty Dozen, the Fatal Mission uh, TV movie. It's the final Dirty Dozen. Yeah. This time it's fatal. Apparently, the fatal mission. <laughs> the other ones weren't yeah. fatal. No one died in the other films. <laughs> Those weren't suicide so, missions. This one is. This yeah. one is subtitle. Okay, guys, this one's for real. Yeah. <laughs> he does an episode of Full House and this. Then he makes Leviathan, yep. which is great. Yes, Peter Weller and, and it's mm-hmm. some of the same producers as this. They make Leviathan. Collision Course, which is the movie with Pat Morita and Jay Leno. Yep. I've and seen then that. Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. I am like, I then I started looking through what he did in the 90s and I went, okay, Ernie Hudson fired his agent. Because what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Justice for Ernie Hudson here. What is yeah. happening after Ghostbusters? I'm like, dude. I know, I know exactly when he fired his agent. So do you remember the Super Mario Brothers television show? Where Captain Lou Albano yeah. was Mario. Yeah. And uh, I forget the other actor's name that played Luigi, but I think he was from Three's Company. The doorman from Three's Company. Right. But they were Mario and Luigi, and there was an episode where Ernie Hudson came in and guest, uh, was the guest star as, a, as the Ghostbuster. And oh. I remember it was so sad. Was oh. Like, oh. 
what Oof. is Oof. going on? And I was like, this is 89? So uh, I was like, Ghostbusters 2 had just come out. Mm-hmm. Or was about to come out. Right. And they were like, a Ghostbusters is going to be here. And sure enough, it's Ernie Hudson, and he's not even in the Ghostbusters gear. He's in gear that the budget for Super Mario Brothers had to make (laughs) to make him look like the Ghostbuster. Come in! Ernie Hudson, thank goodness you're here! Where are the other Slimebusters? Oh, we heard it was you. I lost the toss of the coin. Looks like I got here just in time. This place is an exoplastic disaster area. And I was like, yeah, that was the that was the shift. Yeah, that's when he was like, enough. We got more of these kinds of roles, Ernie. Like, no, this is... I mean, I can understand like a couple TV shows or a TV show that doesn't go, things yeah. like that. That happens, but like some of those, I'm like, my... I mean, because Ernie Hudson has now done so much. He's so much and he's such a good actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad, like, you know, then he had his run on Oz, and uh, and he's still going strong. I had a chance to actually meet Ernie Hudson not that long ago. Oh, really? Wow. And he was, uh, we exchanged phone number, he was a delight. Um, it was it was a moment when I got to, I met all of the surviving Ghostbusters, and wow. Um, wow. Wow. I got to hang out with them, and, you know, Dan Aykroyd was a pleasure, and Bill Murray was a pleasure. But I freaked out at Ernie Hudson. Sure. And, huh. Huh. Uh, and there was a moment where I could see Bill Murray, like, uh, you know, expecting me to ask for his autograph. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, Bill. Ernie! <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. Um, and he was just a, a sweetheart. He yeah. was so, they were all gracious and, and so lovely. But Ernie was, um, yeah, he's, and he looks great. Uh, oh yeah yeah so to see to see an actor go through a period like that i i'm glad i shared it because i literally looked at it and i was just like what yeah one of the biggest movies of all time this is what he does like do you know he auditioned to do the voice of winston zettermore in the cartoon yep yeah and they gave it to arsenio hall yeah uh yeah and yeah, it was just like, yeah, he was he was out here struggling. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Because I, I just was thinking, watching Wrong Guys, thinking, yeah, this has got to be like before Ghostbusters. And I'm like, that's what made me think of it. And I'm like, no, this is 88. Ghostbusters mm-hmm. has been four years we've already had Ghostbusters. I was like, yeah. what has he been doing? Why is he in the Wrong Guys? You know? I mean, as also like as a side character, like he's just like a, right. again, the third grouping of various actors that you've met. You've met just these, these dumps of characters and he's like in the third group and you're like, how is he just this side character? He's a ghostbuster for God's sakes. He's mm-hmm. like a side sympathetic character. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The only like, voice of reason against a madman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's an engine. What of it? It's obvious. Those FBI pigs think a stunt like this is going to bend my mind. Hey, you already on a heavy curve. Now, I told you, man, those guys weren't FBI's. They were campers, man, campers! With, like, the most <laughs> tragic ending. But yeah. did he die, though? That's what I was, I'm still confused on. Does he get... I know the gunshot goes off, but this is PG. Does he... Because then they still get a... They, they get, a uh, like, an ambulance to go to that cabin to pick up... 
teach teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, you would At the think. time, I thought there's no way. There's no way he died. There, we're going to come yeah. back to this, but yeah. but we don't like like the tree cutting scene. It got cut. Yeah, yeah. They had yeah. To, they had to, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. got to make cuts. There was a scene where Ernie Hudson, you know, injured, but he still goes up and he cuts some of the trees. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. this yeah. is an environmental yeah. move. Yeah. I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I also really liked about this movie, and as they get into showing the adult, you know, the adults are now, they're all getting asked to come to this retreat or they're going to have a reunion of some kind, which I have to ask, like, none of them asked Louie, like, hey, what are we going to be doing? Because I could be packing and maybe I want to, like, make sure I pack some things that are appropriate, but you know, the sort of laissez-faire nature yeah. of, of packing, yeah. I appreciate. But I also really appreciated, too, that Richard Lewis's character, Richard, gave me hope that, like, a kid can grow up in California and yet acquire a, a New York accent. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. it can happen. Yeah, they don't, they need to address that. Well, his, <laughs> they do not. his mom. Remember yeah. at the end? His mom. Richard, did you have to wear the new coat I bought you? What do you think I am? Made of money? Huh? He also flies out to California, takes a cab to Louie's house. Then he tries to pay the, the cab driver, who is from New York. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like he cannot avoid the New York experience, no, no matter what he does. I love how no matter where you are in the world, if you're in a cab, like, hey, uh, what do you need me to take you? <laughs> That's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. They, I. This was a question I had. Had they not, had Louie not surprised them with a camping trip, what were they gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> what was the plan? Yeah. I have no idea. And this is before, like you know, there are no emails, there's no right. texting. It's just like if we're if we're getting together, that is a planned event. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Apparently not here. Had the the Boy Scout surplus store not had all the tents and sleeping bags available. Yeah. What was the backup plan? Exactly. Yes. Because he sends them out cards. It, it's confusing, but I saw it the second time Rita Redner pulls off a card off a corkboard, which has the number seven for their den seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then she goes in to talk to Richard as he's packing his bag. So he has sent them invites. Yeah. Yeah. That he has custom printed somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like silk screened. Yeah. Like, which is, is pre-fed to do. This you is gotta. tough to do. You can't just do, you, we have dot matrix printers at this point. You can't yeah. do that yeah. shit at home. You have and to this do, is a short run of five. So you pay through the nose for that. Yeah. You're not getting, he's, he's got that in the garage. He's just got like boxes of hundreds of these invites. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, I had to buy a hundred. You know, it was just cheaper to get three hundred, and so I don't know. I <laughs> I know it's part of the story, but there is something that's very sad about the Louis Anderson character of just like he hasn't grown. Yes, mm-hmm. no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You got to make friends. You have to keep making friends. You got to keep making friends. You got to and like no one really talks about like they no. they joke about it, right? But like. Just one serious aside, it's like, but hey, buddy, you're all right. Like, <laughs> I'm worried. Is everything concerned? You, is everything cool here? Because <laughs> I noticed you, I noticed you only brought one outfit, and it's that Boy Scout one. Right, it's that Boy Scout okay? one, and uh, and you still live yeah. at home with mom, 
and yeah you don't have a job everyone else all of us have jobs we have jobs what's going on brother even right. even he's Tim, bought, he's bought new outfits, so he's there's no way you can just let out the seam on no. his little Cub Scout outfit. He yeah. just got yeah. he's gone out and bought new mm-hmm. Cub Scout outfits. A lot of a big part of this film is like four friends helping their fifth friend through a journey. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna get you there, buddy. <laughs> Another question about once he pops up on the uh, pops the question about the camping trip. I don't know how outdoorsy you are, Tarek, but I'm asking this to you and everyone. How quickly would you guys be talked into it? Because I think I would be on the side of like, I, I did not come prepared for camping. And I'm on, yeah. you know, I, why don't we just do something like that, but in the city and we can yeah. just, you know, we don't have to be outside, but we could be like near our hotels, which I assume yeah. they have hotels. Yeah, I'm assuming the family, well, the families have to still be there. Right, they're so still with maybe, their moms, right? They're going to yeah. stay with, or stay at their family's house or whatever, but like, they all seem to agree fast. And I think it is it is something to do with what we're just talking about, because I think they're kind of like, he, he needs this. Oh, yeah. He needs this. Mm-hmm. Now for the big surprise. I've got our weekend all planned. Da-da-da-da! Da-da! Oh, God. We're having a camp out. Check, please. I gotta go. Yeah, me too. You know, I should check my allergy charts. You know, I think tree bark is on there and certain rocks. I understand. I spent a week's salary renting this stuff, but I suppose if you guys don't want to go. A week's wages, so he does have a job, wherever that may be. I hope it's at the print shop that would have made those invites so so easy. But they don't tell us, so it's not... It's not good. <laughs> Even the film's like, I'm not sure about him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a little... And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like... And I think you, you all do the same thing. Like, you watch a movie, and it's like, as soon as they establish a rule, it's like, all right, well, that's real. So if all the moms are coming in, that means they all live relatively close still. Right. That means that they all are still... Like, Louis, the moms know in Gossip. So the sons have to know what's going on with Louie, even if they're not in touch. Like, right, right. Like, yeah, he's still living, still living in the same house, still wearing the same outfit, huh? <laughs> and, and Tim Thomerson says, <laughs> Tim Thomerson says, her the house looks exactly like it did when we were kids, which means that conversely, their houses or his mom's house, at least, has has changed, is yeah. not yeah. the same, is not right. a time right. capsule. So like. It's not even just Louie. It's also Louie and his mom are just like mm-hmm. living in a past delusion, if you will. Yeah. And it's, it's like family. not good. This is not good. It's not good. So, so my, the, the, my question, though, is how quickly would you guys sign up for a camping trip weekend? If a friend was not in need, good luck. <laughs> But if a friend was in need, probably quickly. If it was a he needs this, then yes, I would do it. But if it was a Ryan needs this, I'd be like, I don't care. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it's camping. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I am a staunch, ardent non-camper. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like electricity and I like my bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I feel like I've earned it. <laughs> so it would take mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. It would mm-hmm. take a whole lot for me to come out and go camp with you. Uh, you better have all of it loaded up. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Don't have me eating two hot dogs and taking a shit in the Right. Yep. You oh. had two, dude. Oh. <laughs> but no, listen, before working. we go any further, we need to meet more characters. <laughs> hey, there's more characters. We're not done. You thought you were done with characters? Not done. Uh, it, this movie is the most complicated, simple plot of all time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yes. God. Uh, yeah, we have the Grunsky brothers, which we have to bring up. And we get to meet them, re-meet them, I guess, because we meet them as yeah. kids. We re-meet them later as adults once we get out to the outdoors. And they're played by Biff Maynard, Trancers, Zone Troopers, alumni, and also, as we mentioned, Brian James from Erica's favorite Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> not my favorite. <laughs> Still not my favorite. Uh, no one convinced me. That's it's not right. my favorite. Uh, so House Three. House Three is House what we'll three. refer to him as from being from House Three. Brian James uh-huh. was a is a longtime friend of Thomerson. They were both actually in the National Guard together. And they're actually also Really? Yeah. So they were and they were stationed in like uh, um Barstow. They were like stationed in Barstow. They were in the reserves right at Vietnam and they were stationed out there together. So I'm not saying that it was because of Thomerson that Brian James got cast, but I'm sure it didn't hurt that they were very good pals. That so Biff Maynard and Tim Thomerson, like I thought were like had to be related at some point because they were in like the Flash together and Trancers and and then yeah, and and um, Brian James was in a lot of these films as well. And they all, they all look like they were having such a goofy, fun time. Um, that mm-hmm. makes sense. They're like, oh, these guys serve together. Yeah. I wonder what yeah. the Biff Maynard connection is outside of just like working with. You know, that's just because of the, I think the Bills and the DeMeo, like, because okay. they use so many people from Zone Troopers and, you know, Trancers. They just, they love using the same group of people. And they yeah. use, they clearly had the run of kind of bringing in their own pals on this one. Because so many yeah. of the people, you know, John Goodman aside, Ernie Hudson aside, um, Teacher Teacher aside, Teacher Teacher, I love. It. He's so good in that film. He's so good. I love. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, um, I gotta say too, when I watched this the first time through, I thought John Goodman thinking that they're an FBI unit. I was like, God, what the hell? Like this is this is we're really stretching believability. But then when you go back and you see on TV when you see the logo. For the mm-hmm. FBI, you're like, it does look exactly like the logo that's on the card. Mm-hmm. I was it like, does. and okay. same with on the on the on the FBI vehicle that pulls and out. on the vehicle. The same, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just and John Goodman plays an interesting character because he's channeling some of his raising Arizona vibe. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he almost is like it's it's way more serious that you're like, no, he's just like insane, dude. Like, not necessarily yeah. funny, insane dude, just yeah. insane dude. He's channeling none of his cop and diner character that <laughs> I know him from. No. Is he channeling no. any of his Roseanne character? Zero. No, no. Zero. He has no. like a, also like even a slight Boston accent or something. He's got mm-hmm. some sort of weird, like. My uncle lived in that cabin. I used to come up here every summer. He was like a father to me. He could hunt, fish swim even if he did have only one arm i had no idea how crazy you are there's so much going on and not only that once they settle into camp we get a subplot of belzer and tim deciding to go to the evening class of fitness for reincarnation at the slim trim health oasis 
which has a solid turnout considering I guess it's in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like middle of nowhere, but a lot of people solid there. Turnout. Solid Good turnout. turnout. Good Everyone turnout. I treks. Uh, Late at they night. They should make that into a franchise because that thing is pulling in a pretty good crowd. I'm going to ride you like a Harley <laughs> on a bad piece of road. <laughs> Who <laughs> is that? Where did they find uh, that person? That is, that is Garth Winsome is the person who plays that. I believe it's a man who plays that role. What? And there is no, I spent today trying to look them up and find out there is nothing outside of this movie on their IMDb. There is nothing on that character, but that's who they're listed as. That's at the end credit. Once the credits comes up, says also starring. You get a couple other characters that play, uh, Louie's mom comes up. You also get uh, Kara, uh, Carol Ida White, who plays the other Grunsky wives. Mm-hmm, By the way, because mm-hmm, yeah. again, more characters Right. We right. gotta get those Grunsky wise. Remember how they were mentioned yeah. for a second? Now yeah. they're in the movie. Get ready for yeah. more characters. Right. The Grunsky wives. The Grunsky yeah. wives. Yeah. We needed this. We they I'm were discussed. You. They get in. This is the Marvel movie of its own Marvel <laughs> this movie. Is yes. Avengers Endgame? This is Avengers. Yes. There's just yes. so many. Like they just it's... keep popping up. Any everybody. Yes. Any name that gets mentioned. Right, like but is I, going to show up in the. Film. I'm surprised Belzer didn't show up as Detective John Munch at some point, just to sort of like be like, also this, also in yeah. here. Uh, not just I don't just make belts. I <laughs> so you have this this resort, this retreat though that has everything from a meditation room. It has a sauna. It has a hot wax room that yeah. uh, someone's ready to wax at night. Mm-hmm. ready to go it has a robust air conditioning system huge vents yeah. just so huge. spacious you can so spacious two grown men can climb through those vents the vents in die hard were smaller than right. these vents yeah <laughs> my my question is what was the plan <laughs> <laughs> yeah right outside of yeah. getting arrested <laughs> which is what should have happened right. which is what needed to happen right I'm telling you, this, that scene when they're in the vents is the scene where I'm, I literally, the second time through, was like, these are grown men. Yeah. This are these 40-year-old men's plans mm-hmm. to yeah. hit on a woman is to do a John Wayne impersonation through a vent that they have somehow crawled through. <laughs> this is their plan. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I can't. It's too stupid. Do it. Come on. Well, now... Well, excuse me for for asking, Miss Oakley, but well, back there in Dodge City, you you struck my fancy. Bel- like Belzer's <laughs> not right, right, guys? Like Belzer yeah. hasn't grown up a lot, too. Correct. Also, yeah. you know, whatever happened on this mountain messed them all up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a little confused because they they end up putting on robes and they're trying to doing a very poor invitation. Of a, a woman and they're then trying to get away and they get pulled into the hot wax room where the hot wax woman does not recognize that they're men there you are ladies now don't be shy it won't hurt a bit hey lady what are you doing lady what is Ow. that man Ow. what is that what is that man what is that 
how quickly does someone apply hot wax that you don't even do you, do you first slap the hot wax and then try to recognize what you slapped it on <laughs> because how could yeah. she ever how could she have re- revealed what they right. were and yet they still got cuz they're hopping through the field like they got a little hot wax on them like is there just you know you, know, you don't do anything in your job out of your periphery <laughs> You don't just do, there isn't just, you're just in a routine. You just kind of know, you're just like, ah, and then you went, oh, wait. Yeah. And you really recognize. Yeah. That was I the answer I was looking ho- for. Yeah, okay. I thought they were hopping because they broke through the glass and they were like stepping on glass, like broken glass. Oh, uh, maybe I just, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe, I maybe I saw what I wanted to believe. Maybe, uh, maybe yeah. I saw what I wanted. But I don't wax it's... out of my periphery on, That's the, right. on the daily. So. Life is about fizzies. You either put your yeah. fizzy in a glass and drink it like yeah. a soda, or you go straight to the mouth. Yeah, that, that, there's no wrong or right, but there's a wrong or right. <laughs> that subplot is definitely putting the fizzy right in your mouth. That's that subplot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really feel like they wrote the punchline before. Yeah, they thought through what the joke was sure. going to be. Sure. They mm-hmm. wanted the jo- they wanted the punchline of like, "What is that? What is that?" Like, yeah. without yeah. being like, "But everyone here is over 40. You know what that is. Right. Right. <laughs> this is literally that police academy Porky's subplot of yeah. like, let's go scheme on some ladies out there. But the PG version of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That becomes one of the hardest things. Like when watching films like today from yesterday and seeing just like how gross dudes were. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to sneak in and... Uh, yeah, this is going to work out. <laughs> yeah, right. With all the confidence, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it allows John Goodman time to sneak over to the camp and shoot it all up while Franklin is asleep on a sleeping pill. Those sleeping pills, man. That scene is very funny. I have a note about this scene, though, because when Lewis and Richard, who have gone off to try to find... And I do, I do love how this construction works, because that dumb subplot of Bells and Tim then makes... Louis and Richard have to like search for them and they end up finding the cabin mm-hmm. where they find mm-hmm. Ernie Hudson and teach a teacher. That's where they find those guys that it all is justified. Like you, when you look at it, you're like, okay, this is what happens. So then they have to do that. And then, so it makes sense. But when, when Louis and Richard return to the camp, it's daytime. Yeah. Like how yeah, long, how long have they been out? It's, it's like, and it's not, like early morning sunshine. It is bright. It is daytime yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Someone got abducted is what is the only There's a loss of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that scene got cut along right. with the mom's cutting trees. That's right. <laughs> you didn't have the time. You know, you got to uh, kill your baby. The director's cut of this movie is three and a half hours long. <laughs> um, another question I had. Um, do these guys conquer the mountain? Because they still have to be saved by their moms. Well, they, they I would say they conquer the mountain. The, them being saved by their moms has nothing to do with the mountain. They got over their fears. They made the raft. They 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 did what they needed to do, but they there were new obstacles that were presented to them that had nothing to do with the mountain. But the but those obstacles again, like I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like they they wanted to come back because when they went on that mountain initially, they had eventually called their moms to save them. They go back to that mountain. Definitely, new things happen that make it even more dangerous, and yet they still have to call their moms to bail them out at the end. They don't. One person does. Tim does. One yes. person who surfs 
a, a waterfall mm-hmm. calls calls the moms. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there, this move. Yeah, the the <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that thumb in the mouth popping the... into yeah. a hang loose shotgun. Never seen that before until this movie. Love Never it. seen that. It's, it's a move. Cowabunga, man. <laughs> this got to be a real thing he saw on the beach. I can't believe it's this Tim be. Thomas made. Like, yeah. Oh, this is what they were doing. Like you know, we were in the Coast Guard. You know, just yeah, had to be something. Uh, yeah, reserves. Um, yeah, he surfs off a waterfall. Yeah, he yep. off and we are uh, we are uh, led to believe he dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tim Thomas yeah. Because because all in all intents and purposes he should have, but yes. you know it's something I definitely loved because I think it's time we talk about things we loved and things we hated. We're going to talk about the things we loved and things we hated about the wrong guys. Tarek, let's start with you. Something you loved? Something I loved. I uh, I mean we talked about the pancake house. I love the pancake house. <laughs> uh, I think the thing I love about this film the most would probably be uh, that's that scene. I mean, I've been drink- talking about fizzies a lot, but like the scene of seeing the bullies, like just like the the foam out of their mouth yes. and like these crack fiends, and like they've been living in their car. It's just I don't know. I find that I thought it was funny when I was a kid. Now it's a little sad, but it's still very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, there's a lot of guys that things aren't going well. Like the brothers spend right. like a weekend away from their wives. Their wives are clearly at this mountain retreat. They are near them on this mountain, sleeping in their yeah. car. Oof. A lot oof. of <laughs> guys. Oof. Guys, oof. And that car is not clean. No. 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 Fight, not they're no. fighting a squirrel. They've got a lot of battles with a squirrel to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not good. Mark, yeah. what's what's something you loved? Um, I, I, I really loved the whole introduction of them as kids um, and then reintroducing them as adults uh, and the fact that, uh, you know, we kind of got to see, like, their personalities as kids and how that led them into sort of similar similar roles as adults and especially when we uh, get into Bells's character because for like a hot second the actor who uh, who was the maitre d at the restaurant Ferris Bueller's Day Off <laughs> yeah. is the assistant <laughs> yes. for like a hot second yes. and I was like you're Abe Froman the sausage king of Chicago and I was like where's that guy and I remembered again and I brought this up with this podcast how he was in double trouble and how much I love that show. And so I watched an episode today of Double Trouble. It was the first episode <laughs> when when uh, when Kate doesn't study for her license written exam. Kate. Total. Dad's taillights. Was anybody hurt? No. Not yet, you mean. Wait till Dad finds out. You went out without a license, you took Dad's car without permission, and you got into an accident? I'm surprised that cop didn't bust you. What did you say when he asked to see a license? Well, I showed him one. Kate, you don't have a license. Well, sure I do. Hers. What? And I was like, you know what? That show still holds up. And so that's my favorite scene from The Wrong Guys. Wait, didn't you also meet that guy when you worked at the cafe? The guy that played the Abe Froman guy? Didn't you meet him I once? did. I did. I did. And oh, I brought wow. up Double Trouble. And he was like, I was like, God, I love that show. He was like, yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, it was good. And he, he kind of gave this look like, that's not the 
that's interesting that that's what you remember me from, but <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I remember this show. It was a great show. Uh, and there are, there, it's only on YouTube, but mm. uh, after watching the first episode today, I'm like, this is, I'm going to try to find all two seasons and try to make my way through it. And we talked to Janice Hirsch, who also, she was a writer on that show too for a while, right? Yeah. So didn't we, we talked mm-hmm. to her about it. Yeah. This is, I said, like, that's when I talked about it before. Yeah. It's a great show. Um, Erica, something you loved. There were so many things I loved about this movie, to be honest. We, t- we touched on a lot of them, a lot of favorite scenes. But I think for me, I didn't see that this was my first time watching this movie. I didn't, um, yeah. I had never seen it before this. So uh, as you guys know, I absolutely judge books by their covers when it comes to movies. So I was like, well, look at this poster. This looks fun. I know all these guys. They're all comedians. So I was like, really excited to watch it, which makes me nervous about New World because then I get too mm-hmm. excited and I get my heart mm-hmm. broken. But when you get your hopes up, mm-hmm. New World will find a way That's right. to make you regret that decision. But this I really love from start to finish. It's not perfect, but I think no. in the ways it's not perfect are just the way it, it's just because I wanted more. I wanted more of them as kids. Yeah. I wanted more. I could have watched an even longer pancake scene. Like for more, sure. More with a naughty squirrel. Like mm-hmm. it was just because I, I wanted more of that. So absolutely loved all of those things all the little bits i think i also loved when they were all um one thing we hadn't mentioned yet is when they were all when they finally get the tent up right mm-hmm. like tim's trying to get that stake in the ground that it just he can't get it and louis comes over with one Rock clean and- rock swipe he has it when they were all in bed and, and bells has the like silky jam jams he has a silky mm-hmm. pjs bitching pjs man where can i get some of those can't babe Designer original, seven thousand dollars worth of pure silk. Okay. I don't. I don't know why. For some reason, like I yeah. <laughs> fell out of that. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. That, it's funny. It's it's such an easy, simple bit, but I was just like silk pajamas, seven thousand dollars. Like I had never seen mm-hmm. that bit before. On a camping trip with your buddies. Yes, <laughs> on a camping trip with your buddies, and that's where your planned PJs. Now, granted, he didn't know he was going to camp, but yeah. still. That that was his PJ of choice for on a, on a guy's trip. And, uh, and just, Tim says, "Looks like a pimp at a slumber party." Thank you. <laughs> I just there were so many. I, I almost feel like I can't mention all of the things yeah. I love because I truly just was tickled throughout the entire. Yeah, entire yeah. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I saw this movie back in college, um, back with my old uh, college roommate Justin, who's been on the show several times. New World Pictures super fan, so mm-hmm. of course he showed me a lot of the New World stuff I hadn't seen. And he showed me this one, and I admit, I back then I was like, "Ugh, this is awful." Um, but watching it again, I kind of agree. Like, I think this is a like to to Tarek's point earlier. This is like a a good rough draft. This was a good starting point. We could we could have done better. Mm-hmm. Could have done better. Mm-hmm. But it's like a pretty solid. You know, there's enough silly stuff that was okay. There's a lot of like humor that's very dated and very much of that time doesn't quite always work but a couple things that i loved so first of all got a shout out actor jimmy weldon he plays the scout master weldon is the former host of yes. the webster web, webfoot show uh web, webster webfoot is a ventriloquist dummy who is a weeblo cub scout okay <laughs> and weldon really shows his legit skills because that end scene where they're all getting the arrow of light pins is a single shot as mm-hmm. as Jimmy Weldon just pins them on each and every yeah. single one of the actors, not all five, all seven mm-hmm. of them yeah. as they get the arrow of light pins. 
and he talks to each actor and puts the pin on literally puts the pin yeah. in the shirt and pins it it's one shot i'm like that when i watched it the second time i was like that is not easy and he has something to not nice. mess up yeah. in a single shot and something nice to say to each one and he has like, a yes yeah, a uh, moment with each character so i was great. like dang Ryan James's face in that is probably my. I go back. Yeah. His face when he gets that pin and yeah, he's so he's, proud. Yeah. That's my favorite. Thing. Yeah. And it truly great. is the highest award you can get as a Cub Scout. Right. Mm. Yeah. That is. That's it is as high. The, normally, they're also, I've seen they have a sash of it as well. There's like mm-hmm. an arrow of light yeah, sash. It's a cool mm-hmm. symbol, oh, wow. too, with the arrow with the mm-hmm. little kind of sun rising over it. That's uh, awesome. A couple other things. Everyone going face down on their pancakes. Oh my god! Yeah, especially when the couple's <laughs> yes. like, "I love you, I love you," and they go oh. face. Everybody goes face down on those pancakes. Favorite scene. That, I mean, Easy favorite scene. I de- out there that too. I that definitely made oh. me laugh the first time seeing it again. Then I watched it again today. I was oh. like, I laughed out loud. I like that cracks. That kills mm-hmm. me. Everyone's trying to help Louie up the hill. There's no reason he can't walk up that hill. He, there's right. no reason. Right. We don't need to do a chain. Right. It's not that steep. Right. It's not necessary. Right. But like, they're oh. like, well, this is how we did it. No. Like, and then they pull, Brian James holds on to the weakest of all trees mm-hmm. that you could not uh, support seven, seven. It's like yeah. they just planted this tree. Like they just went down <laughs> this very, again, it's not a hill. It's an incline. And they went down and they just planted new trees. And Brian James is holding on to it and pulls it out because it's but, a brand new tree. It's yeah. a brand but new that tree. creates my favorite scene. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Also, I mean, this seems to be like a clip I feel like we should play. And I feel like we're going to play. It's a classic New World clip. Tim Thomerson going over the falls. Yes. The wave that never ends. Carla, this is fiction! I mean that yes. that scene in particular where they do the effect mm-hmm. where he's still riding on this piece of this log yes. but he's supposedly going down the fall like it I mean I I couldn't love that anymore. There's Agreed. no way I can I couldn't love that any more than yeah. I love it. I love it. It's perfect. And then when it echoes Ooh. through them Oh the echo of uh, it bitches. through the canyon. Yeah. It's just yeah. oh, it's, he uses his his necklace chain to make the phone call. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Faithful. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he could pull uh, it out because yeah, he has to call all the moms. Like, oh, yeah. chef's kiss. It's just yeah. so great. <laughs> yeah. So great. Um, all right. Let's go to let's switch to things we hated. Tarek, what is something you hated? Uh, Ernie Hudson is the whole plot line. Yeah. It's just, he doesn't deserve that. No. He gets beat up no. and killed throughout yeah. the whole film. Why? Why? You know? Why couldn't you kill Teacher Teacher? Because we we he's already yeah. shot. Right. Kill him. Yeah, no one, right. yeah, we didn't need him. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I yeah didn't like that either. Mark, uh, the, the scene uh, that we see Glenn and Mark trying to camp, and that's the scene with the squirrel. And it's just it's so like slapsticky. Like they've made an enormous mess for just being there for like presumably a couple hours. They have eaten and through so much canned food; it's unbelievable. Right. It's, like it's it's, ridiculous. it's impressive, really. If you it's, think about it, it is. But like, unless you are like really wasted, your reaction to your friend or your more specifically your brother having a squirrel on their head is not to laugh. You are going to be trying. You are going to be jumping up in shock trying to help that person. But and finally. I fucking I hate baloney. 
And to have that much baloney <laughs> is ridiculous. There, there it is. There it is. You hated the baloney. High baloney count. Uh-oh. That baloney, I hate that baloney too. Mark sit and watch this movie like, nope, no, nope. That will not stand. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. No baloney. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Erica, what's something you hated? Um, I didn't hate many things. I'm sorry, Mark, I disagree with you. I absolutely love the naughty squirrel scene. I couldn't get enough of it. I wanted more naughty squirrel. I wanted more injuries. It was so like Three Stooges, Keystone Cop. I- if if it had gone, I agree with you because I'm with Mark. First blush, that, that squirrel is like, what's happening? But like by the time it they find it in the engine chewing on its wires, yeah. I'm like, imagine how insane we could have made this. And then whole later when he's thing. like, we could have made John this. Goodman a little bit, where John Goodman's like, thanks. Like then the naughty squirrel helps the bad guy. Like I don't know. It's I was. It could they could have taken that to an even more yeah. ludicrous a- you know, level. Agreed. I think um, probably the only thing I I only hated two things. I hated that um, they didn't have their their own theme song, a la mm-hmm. what you might have heard in our opening. Correct. <laughs> um, but that and I get it. They had to use the Boy Scout, you know, the they used scout a, a song, song from the era too. So I mean, you know. Um, I think the only other thing I hated were just that was just that uh, you know the only ladies in the film are like ladies who need a retreat in our clearly weirdos or... I'm going to ride yeah. <laughs> yeah. God I hate that scene so much Yeah. so they were either weirdos yeah. assistants or moms yeah, which is a little like sure. I get it it's the 80s that was sure. you know not uncommon but you know watching it with today I was like god you had Rita Rutner you, like, had, her uh, you there. had her there she could have done anything she could have been at the retreat like I don't know underused Rita yeah Paula Poundstone was like, "What the fuck? You couldn't have yeah. found a role for me? What the hell? I couldn't have come in there. I she they were they could have come in. I'm gonna ride you. They could have, Paula Poundstone could have done that. Yeah, could have done that. Like, yeah, it could have. That could have. They could have spread the joy around. Yeah, and like it could have just been like, yo, this is the film with all the comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This this uh, I agree with all what everyone said. There's the, uh, there's a lot of these things I agree with. There's a scene though when that I think is improvised. And I think it's when Richard Lewis is trying to put together his cot. And Mm. it is like some of the worst improv. It's like trying to invent an issue that isn't there. They were just like, Oh, Richard, try to set up this cot, but you can't. And we'll just roll. Yeah. And it's just like, and Richard Lewis can improvise. Look, I mean, curb your enthusiasm. Like clearly the Mm -hmm. guy can, he's very funny. Can definitely uh, improvise. Of course, this is also pre sober Richard Lewis, but nonetheless, like he can do it. This this was just like watching. It was painful. Oh my! This is a nightmare from hell. I'm, I'm next to a coyote counseling center. I don't. I can't sleep. I need wilderness time capsules. I, I, I wanted a king size cot. I want a king size cot. Look, I, I, how can you open? It? Don't don't they come with manuals? Can I get a manual? Also, that's a cot. That's a cot that folds like this, like up horizontally, yeah. not vertically. You right. can tell by the hinges on the bottom. So I had a real issue with that right there. <laughs> Too much baloney. And the baloney. And the hinges. And, and the you baloney. think I don't see your hinges? <laughs> I see you hinges. I still remember his sounds when like it collapses. Ah, ah, ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, just look like bad improv. But let's go to our favorite scene. It sounds like we might be all aligned on our favorite scene. But Tarek, let's start with you. What was your favorite scene? Ooh, um, 
I, I'm going to give an honorable, honorable mention favorite scene. I do think the uh, John Goodman shooting up the camp while Franklin Jaya is asleep. To me, when I was a kid, that was just hilarious. Yeah. It's like, he's just not waking up. Uh, <laughs> but my favorite scene is the, it's got to be uh, Pancake House. It's yeah. just, yes. it's just I, that's the scene I think about first. Yeah. When I think about this movie, yeah. um, I still hear the sound of the pancake syrup pouring on Art LaFleur's face. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is he being killed by the syrup? Oh. Like, is that what's happening right now? And how it like <laughs> eggs and bacon. Yeah, he's like, got the eggs and bacon like on his face. Like a smile yeah, when it lands it's on It's literally him. the oh. only time, too, that John Goodman shoots the gun with any kind of accuracy. <laughs> he really cannot shoot anything, including when he pops mm-hmm. out of the water and they're all on the raft. He ends up hitting the raft, but how he doesn't hit seven grown men on a self-made raft <laughs> with a giant machine gun yeah. is anyone's guess. But yeah. But, yeah. yeah, but yes. His uncle didn't teach him how to shoot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Never got to that point. No. <laughs> Mark, what, what was your favorite scene? Is it also, are we all aligned on the hotcake scene or? I, I agree that the hotcake scene, scene is amazing. But my favorite scene is after they're trying to lift Louie out and they all slip and fall because they've anchored themselves to a weakly planted tree. <laughs> yeah, that's you right. get a single shot of each person rolling down the hill each with their own signature fall style and yeah. each with their own yes. like, oh, oh. <laughs> and I, Richard Lewis kind of like scrunching himself down on his back as he's sliding down. I thought, first of all, it's ridiculous and stupid. But I thought shooting this, they must have had a blast because they were yeah. like, each one of us are going to do our own fall down the hill. And they, you could tell each one was trying to outdo the other mm-hmm. as to how ridiculous their fall was. So I imagine if that. their moms had already shown up at this point, then we could have had the moms fall. Right. Also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That thing's in the film. You just got to wait. Yeah, in the blue. After, after credit scene. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is an after credit scene though. There is one. What? There, it's wait, the, what? It's, it's a continuation of the kids. Uh, making those helmets they're making those night helmets that's a post-credit scene it's at the very tail end oh shit i gotta go i gotta go guys i gotta go finish i gotta go finish it's the movie. kind of a not a much of a scene but it clearly should have been the moms cutting the trees but you know <laughs> like i mean use that footage but there is a bonus scene after the credits which is rare because i normally we don't wow. bother to finish new world movies because they never have anything after the credits erica what was your favorite scene pancake pancake house. Yeah. i'm agreed on that one united united states of hot cakes yes I'm a sucker for any sort of fun themed restaurant. Agreed. I mean, in any in movies, but this one was one I was like, "Give me, mm-hmm. give me this United States of hotcakes mm-hmm. restaurant, please! Someone make this." Yeah. Plus, we get a shootout. Art Lafleur from mm-hmm. Tr- Trancer shows up. They drive through that giant pancake that falls right. off the roof. I was like, this this scene has everything. It's, it's yeah, just has a it blast. All. It's so good. All right, let's get to our final questions. Here's our final questions from the wrong guys. Um, from what we know about Richard Lewis's Richard Lewis via his comedic persona, how good of a dentist do you think he would be? Because <laughs> he is a dentist in this film. It says Richard Lewis DDS and yeah. Rita Rudner does call him doctor. Well, if setting up the, the cot is any indication of his... <laughs> Technical expertise. I will. I'm a. I'm a. I'm gonna say not very good. <laughs> yeah, I would. Think right he, there. Yeah, he would just look into a gross mouth and be like, "I can't. 
I can't. Yeah, I can't. You could need a root canal or not. I don't know. I don't know. I can't look in there. You can't look in there. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the camp, as we've mentioned, was not in the original plans for the weekend. But Franklin still brought his clarinet. What was his original plans for that clarinet? I just hope he never leaves home without it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That he's just at any time could be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Sadly, a, I think that's a terrible that clarinet. A terrible clarinet, but yeah. terrible clarinetist. I think he is that dude, though. He is the. Yeah. You know, it's like guys who waits. bring guitars everywhere. He just brings no, his like clarinet. Some people always have golf clubs in their trunk. He's mm-hmm. always got the clarinet. Yeah. He's always got the clarinet. Yeah. He is waiting for the lull in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Just. <laughs> oh. Uh, no one's got anything else to say, huh? The <laughs> <laughs> choice of song, too. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Um, would the Slim Trim Health Oasis not be able to hear the gunshots or the missile launcher that blows up the car, considering how close they are to everything? No, they're not close, because it took them all day to draw, to get back to the camp. This is yeah. miles away. I th- it- also, um, uh, one of the, the key phrases of that spot is, whatever happens outside here is outside here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, none of our business. Whatever outside stays outside. That's right. That's on the t-shirt. Yeah. I didn't I didn't. It's see on that. the t-shirt. That's right. Yeah. So why does the FBI call themselves Section 7 of the FBI when their logo specifically says Unit 7? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> first draft, man. This is... <laughs> it's the yeah. first draft. It's the first it's draft. First draft. Um, it, made, it made whoever, it made whatever producer laugh. They were like, man, this is really funny. No notes? No notes. <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> Never been more sure about anything in my life. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> they show up and you see the car and it has the logo. It says Unit 7. And the guy hops out and goes, we're Section 7 of the FBI. It's like, oh, okay. Well, everything about you says Unit 7. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, first draft, man. Um, also, just real quick, I mean, they get the arrow of light, and that is awesome. I'm not a Cub Scout, but I'm sure that's a huge honor. But they don't make Eagle Scout. Don't no. you go Boy Scout then Eagle Scout? Right. I think but, you got a whole you got a whole Boy Scout portion you got to get through. But you got grown men getting the highest honor of the Cub Scouts, but they're also like, but you can't be an Eagle Scout of the yeah. Cub Scouts. Yeah, <laughs> you got a ways. To go to get Eagle Scout, guys. Mm -hmm. A ways to go. All right, let's jump into the research. There's not much for this, but we'll just quickly uh, touch on a few things. The Wrong Guys released May 13th, 1988. It's a week after Dead Heat. Mm. So what a month for New World. Wow. And we talked about this in in other episodes, particularly, I think, Dead Heat. But what a wild 1988 they have. They start with the telephone. Hell comes to Frogtown. Sister, sister. Slugs. 18 again return of the killer tomatoes then this and dead heat yeah they great were here that was a great year of course this movie is greenlit because as we mentioned police academy movies are taking off and police academy 5 assignment miami beach was released a few months 
prior to this in March. Rene Abidjan is the, the, the villain. That's yes, he is. That, Holy shit. That you just pulled game. that off Holy the dome. Holy crap, man. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Yes. Um, however, critics are gonna point out the trailer seems to point to a police academy style humor, and the film isn't like a police academy film, which I have to say I think is kind of a strong uh, point, quite frankly. Yeah. But uh, especially by the time where it's strong it's police academy five. But that was also a, a point of the contention for critics when they watched this film, which by the way, only made a, li- a little over a million dollars. I'm not sure where the budget was. But it did Ooh. not did not Yikes. get much from the theaters. Mm. Um, this was produced by Charles Brothers, two brothers, Charles and Lawrence Gordon, who had also produced Forty Eight Hours before this. They go on to Predator, Field of Dreams, Die Hard, and The Rocketeer, mm. just to name a few. Like I eight... mean, if you ask me, some of my favorite films you've named. A yes, lot of them. yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. How how often at cocktail parties are they asked about this film? Mm. Uh, I need to go. I need to be at that cocktail party. <laughs> I'll be all up in this space. Yeah. yeah, you. But you would you would see them though, and then you would be like Ernie Hudson. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God! It's, oh, Ernie Hudson. <laughs> Hey guys, I want to talk to you about Die Hard. Ernie Hudson. <laughs> sorry, I'm, no, I'm sorry. Go. No, I gotta, gotta go. go. Never move, mind. Never move. mind. Get out of my Get out of my way. You're you're stopping me from meeting Ernie Hudson. <laughs> yeah. Um, just another guy that I try to look through and see if anyone else in this film use uh, or other New World people. And the director of photography, Frank Byers, he also lends the New World films "Flowers in the Attic," which I think you can kind of see a little bit of that style in the very beginning of the film during the credit sequence, when you're sort of going through Louie's room and you see all his different, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Cub Scout yeah. stuff. I think yeah. you get a little of that. He also shot freeway for new world as well. And then he would go on, have a very long career. He goes on to the TV show, twin peaks. Hmm. So that's where he goes from here. Um, I heard Danny Bilson on a podcast, as I said earlier, and I said, he, uh, he said that he feels the wrong guys is not paced well enough. And he blames the fact of this uh, on this first film, uh, Zone Troopers. He was not able to edit it when he turned it into, I guess, still Empire at that point. Um, Albert Band took over and they edited the film. So he never got a chance to edit the film and like learn from it. So he said, like, I kind of learned from wrong guys because when I edited it, it was like, oh, I learned like you got to pace things a certain way. And I didn't know from my first film because I never got to edit it. He also says that back then he said that no one, this is his, a quote from him. He said, no one told me that stupid isn't funny. So that's his quote that he likes hmm. to say about this film, which I'm like, that's fair. That's a fair assessment of yourself because definitely yeah. some of the jokes here are pretty dumb. But as we have mentioned in other episodes on this podcast about other new world comedies, this isn't quite like I was thinking today, like this isn't quite the wet fart you know, high point of comedy that may maybe like Smokey Bites the Dust or some of the other comedies that mm-hmm. we've talked about on this podcast. This isn't that level, you know, no. this isn't quite there. Um, New World do- definitely specializes in stupid comedies, but this one isn't quite as brap as like yeah. some of the other, you know, some of the other New World comedy films have been. So yeah. I will give it that. Uh, that that leads me to my final question. You know, 
We don't like to say that a movie slaps. That's what a lot of people like to say about movies. The kids say it. The kids say that these days. The kids say it. I feel like yeah. that works for music, not movies. I don't. We don't like to say it. Erica has supplied us with an alternative, which is... This is my legacy, everybody. <laughs> Does this movie queef? So a queef <laughs> being a surprising thing? A that... surprising... Uh, maybe it caught you by surprise? Maybe it was planned. You needed it. Uh, it was enjoyable, was a relief, was fun, it was yep. unexpected. Does this movie queef? Tarek, does this movie queef? Yes. <laughs> yes! One queef! Mark, yes. does this movie queef? Absolutely. Yes! Yeah. Ryan, does this movie queef? Three queefs. Four queefs, baby. <laughs> this is a four, four queefs. This is a four queef. Four queef. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh Tarek, thank you so much oh, for thank you, joining thank us you, on this episode you. it is so oh, great to see you, you. thank you Likewise. so much this was so fun uh, so fun the, yeah the the, the the films you have brought to us oh. just again <laughs> chef's kiss <laughs> terrific all i can say is uh bitching uh so Thanks great for having me this has been such a blast i love talking to y'all i love your show Thank you, Tara. Uh, these films are, I mean, the world needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the world needs to know. Um, uh, let's uh, also tell people where they can find you online and tell them uh, yeah. what's going on with your podcast as well, because I'm a huge fan of your podcast. We all are oh, and love you. your podcast. So tell us what's going on. So, yeah, uh, you can find me. Uh, on my socials, I'm Tarek R. Davis on Twitter and Instagram. That's T-A-R-I-K-R-D-A-V-I-S. You can find me on Peacock's The Amber Reference Show, Fridays at 9. Uh, and if you are in the Pasadena, California area, I will be playing at the Pasadena Playhouse with Freestyle of Supreme um, late August, early, I mean, uh, late July, early August. Wow. Um, awesome. Very for cool. For a few shows and uh, look out for me there. I'll post about that. Excellent. Terrific, awesome. dude. Uh, we can't wait. I'd love to see you in that show. So, you know, fingers crossed that all lines up. Yeah, I'll uh, definitely let you know once I lock the dates. Yes, and definitely you can listen to Tarek and a whole bunch of episodes in Brothers from Another Planet podcast. And Brothers from Another Planet. Highly, yeah. highly recommend that you that you do. Um, I try not to miss it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, man. Great stuff. Uh, so thank you again, Tarek, for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. What did you guys think of The Wrong Guys? Let us know. Uh, and we'll see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody. The wave that never ends. Carla, this is Victor!